Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 297. Oh my god, we're so close to 300. I know, almost there. We're gonna have to, like, battle it out with with CGI abs (laughs) and Xerxes and... No. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody couldn't figure out from my silence, that was yes, I know. (laughs) Um, But, besides being close, uh, yeah, we are almost... Closer to that magic number. I also turned another magic number by having the day of my birth celebrated this week. Yes, the actual number to be undisclosed. I'm 35. I'm old. (laughs) Oh, that is kind of a, like, I feel like the zeros and the fives are important birthdays. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, you know, only five years away from 40 now. Fuck. Shut up. But enough about me, which we'll get into more uh, later in the show. Um... We did some reviews. I reviewed uh, Batman number 38, uh, Exit Stage Left number one, and Transformers vs. Visionaries number one. And shocking everybody, I reviewed Phoenix Resurrection number two. (laughs) We talked a little bit of some movie news, um, as well as what I think is going to be probably one of the coolest unevents ever with Milkman Man. Yes, and comic book post-credit scenes with Wolverine. Awesome but stupid. Wrap your head around that yeah. one. So sit back, relax, uh, grab a beverage, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 297. At least I'm not Derek Old. <laughs> That'll always be true. <laughs> Record hit. Yes. Record button hit. The biggest record button there is. The best one. The best record button. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no one's button is bigger than our record button. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I thought we were still talking about Ron Burgundy for a minute there. <laughs> nope. Oh, man. Well, I will, I will say we have, we have been getting into some reviews a lot longer than, than we normally have. Yes. And... Trying to gonna try to scale them back yet yeah, same point. It's never like, gonna happen. Whatever we say we're gonna do, it yeah. comes tenfold in the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I find that most people listen to us because they enjoy the train wreck that it's like when, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see a car crash on the side of the road and you're like, What's going on there? And you drive really slow past. I feel like that's what people who listen to our podcast feel like when it's they like, get <laughs> We're, we're unique in that sense of where most people make train wrecks, but they're really trying. Yeah. We at least embrace it yes. and we know it. <laughs> we're just here to have fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> like your new hat? Thanks. It's a trap. <laughs> it is a trap for your hair. It's a heat trap. <laughs> so I saw you got a package of Star Wars stuff? Yes. My brother sent me my Christmas present. Um, I actually think this was last year's Christmas present. Uh, because my family is notoriously uh, late mm-hmm. at everything. Um, so I got he got me this hat, and we got a Star Wars coloring book, and then he bought me some Star Wars art, 
probably from a local convention. He's in North Carolina. Okay. So it was super cool, but the hat's been on my head for like two days straight now. <laughs> you don't want me to take it off. It probably smells under there. <laughs> well, that is pretty awesome that your brother did you something like yes. that. Yes, yes, he's cool. Um, You're wearing a, your stinky onesie. Yes, it's not stinky. I put cologne on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Irish bath. So it was Tony's birthday this week, you guys. He's so old now. I am Happy birthday, so... belated. Thank birthday. you. Uh, yes, uh, I have come to the conclusion that I cannot hang like I used to, and I was starting to th- like really feel old. But then I was like, because ah. I'm okay. I am a man child. Yes, everybody. And there is, is like, <laughs> there is a like, you know, there's phobias for anything, and there's pretty much like. You know, people make up phobias for the shit, mm-hmm. and then they also make up, like, other mental things. So, not being a real uh, something or other from actual um, uh, psychology or anything, there is a syndrome that someone made up called Peter Pan Syndrome, which... Oh, yeah. Men who never want to grow yeah, up. Yeah. That is honestly me. Yeah. So, it's like, I don't want to be labeled that. <laughs> so, I was like, I need to grow out of this, uh, this shell of a mindset. But then I'm like realizing, no, oh, who the fuck cares? I mean, about the biggest thing I did was buy my house. Yeah. And other than that, I have a <laughs> shelter over my head and yep. I can afford food. and Well, food is a very loose term <laughs> when it comes to what you eat. <laughs> True. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm another year older and I haven't ever Not felt... another year wiser. No, but I've never <laughs> felt this old in my life. So yeah. it's one of those things of... Taking each day as if it's my last and it's a good outlook to have. Right. Now you have an ex- a better <laughs> excuse. <laughs> Why I'm doing crazy shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now he thinks he's dying. Rather than being a man child, now he just thinks he's dying. Yeah. So. <laughs> and being a kid dying. <laughs> There's just no in between there. It just went from being, uh, I'm young, so I'm going to do whatever I want, to I'm going to die soon, so I'm going to do whatever I want. Without that middle part that most people experience for about 30 years in between those two phases. <laughs> <laughs> but so true. You enjoyed your birthday last night. Yes, and oh man, it's, yeah, like I said, again, I can't process uh, the amount of drinks that I used to. Which is a good thing. I mean, I, it is a good thing. It's yeah, cheaper. It, it is cheaper. I just need to keep reminding myself that yeah, I don't need to have that twelfth drink. Eleven's right. good enough. Yes, give yourself some time in between them. Maybe it might even be less than eleven. <laughs> if you space them out nice enough. True. True. <laughs> oh, but uh, yes, let's uh, stop talking about me. Even though I could talk about me yeah, all know. day, uh, and let's talk about some books. Okay. I picked up a book that I'm I'm going back and forth with on how much I liked it. Because it's not my norm type of comic book that I like reading. Okay. I like reading sci-fi, superhero, stuff that's not Robots. everyday, yeah, everyday stuff. And I picked up uh, Exit Stage Left, Snagglepuss Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Primarily, I picked it up because it was one of the DC um, mashup kind of... Well, it's not even a mashup, it's just following... Right. The story. The other ones, when they first introduced some of these, all had uh, characters that kind of crossed over, and then they had some single series. Right. But this one, it's set in, like, the 50s, and so it's it's kind of old-timey, 
So the story should definitely carry a book, and this one definitely does. Um, Mark Russell, the writer, uh, does a phenomenal job. Uh, Mike Fian is a penciler, and uh, Mark Morales is uh, inker. They like everything in here too. It's not cartoony. It's almost in the sense of if there were really animals that walked around, like were humanoid. Right. That's how they look. Except for most of them don't wear pants. Uh, it seems like. Yeah, you know. If I were an animal who was anthropomorphic, I probably wouldn't wear pants either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if I, was, if I was a... Covered uh, in fur, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, the, the coats are superfluous at this point. This <laughs> yeah. is a fashion statement. <laughs> and, and I love that they got Snagglepuss the character right. Even so much that he's closeted gay, yeah. which you'd kind of... I don't know if you'd really get that from the cartoon or anything. I mean, it doesn't need to be, but... They gave him that very, like, comedic voice that they used to give all gay characters Mm -hmm. back when they were a comic trope and not real people, right? (laughs) In old Hollywoods. And they gave him that voice in the cartoons, so... And it really... He doesn't even really, I feel like, have that, that voice, though, even. I look at him more as, like, a... James Bond, like, yeah. very, like, everyone loves his plays. He's just well-known and mm-hmm. liked, and he's just kind of like, yeah. You know, I'm That's very confident. Nice. That voice was the worst part of him. <laughs> <laughs> was he, how did, I'm trying to think how his, his goes. Like, yeah, it, it was the just the cartoony. Yeah, it was high-pitched and lispy, <laughs> and, like, it was just like, come on, guys. <laughs> what I, well, I liked uh, Huckleberry Hound uh, showed up in this, too. So it's, again, one of those things of, like, having some different uh, characters from the Hanna-Barbera mm-hmm. um, show and everything. But it, it, like I said, it partly, it felt slow starting off, but it really picked up in the end, especially because you're following a couple different stories in here. Now, I loved, one of the favorite things I did like was that it starts off with them going to the last premiere of his play... In his play that he wrote, because he's a, a lion-type uh, creature, that th- there is another person that's also like a cat-type being, but the play was made of, like, dogs. Mm. So you have, like, a man, like a human that's dressed up kind of like a dog, and then you have the cat that's dressed up like the dog. And I just, I thought that that was just really funny that that's how... I wonder, are dogs lesser... Are they doing dog face? Is that considered like... No, because there's dogs in the, in the, the crowd. crowd okay. And I guess and Huckleberry yeah. Hound is one of those good friends that right. comes and visits him. So not not necessarily that. It's just that, those are the characters that he mm. he wrote. But okay. it's kind of funny that you see that. Right. Because when I flipped the page, I was like, what's going on here? Why are they... <laughs> oh, it's the play. And that's kind of funny. And even reading the words of the play within this, I'm like, Damn. I would probably have gone and saw that if I was in this world. So there's some of that, but there's, um, I want to say three distinct different people that we're kind of following. And one of the biggest things was the couple that we first meet that I'm like, we're, they're going to be late for the play. I'm thinking they're going to this play. When you find out where they actually go, it's a holy shit moment. And that's what really pulled me in. Um, mm. There is some intrigue still. There is... Uh, but I don't like it because it feels a little bit forced of uh, the Red Scare and, and who is uh, secretly oh, helping... Oh, like McCarthy Rush. 
airy era yep. stuff. And I that's where you. I'm kind of like, and so that's where Snagglepuss is going to come in the crosshairs. Yeah, that makes sense, though, because that is what happened in that time period with a lot of writers and artists. Is they were totally blacklisted for being communists. They talked about it in here, and that's kind of where they're they're going after it all. So, overall, I still think it is good. It just, it took a little bit of time, but, and I'm not a, I don't like the history type-ish books. Mm. Um, that's a big thing, because I know what happened, even though right. it's just fictional, and there's right. anthropomorphic beings. Um, so, yeah, so that was uh, that, which definitely pick up. Then I want to, because I got a couple books, so before you get to yours, that's we'll fine, spend because some time on. Miners, miners, short, shorty, short. I don't know, I think one of them will. Well, <laughs> always. <laughs> we'll, we'll end up long <laughs> um, Batman number 38. God damn, holy shit. Now, to, let's let's backtrack a little bit. You reviewed 37. Nope, 36. Oh, I thought you reviewed 37 too. You also did 35, right? Basically, you just love this run of Batman. Yes. Is well, what it sounds so, like. Uh, I reviewed 36 because they've been coming out like every week, it feels like. Mm. Um, I think they're every other week, truly. Um, 36. Six and thirty-seven were the Super Friends. So I did okay. Super Friends Part One. Part Two was seeing them at the. They went on it. They finally had date night. Okay. And actually, it was it was that was the reason why I'm saying goddamn to this is it's completely opposite of the last this last story okay. arc of him being ha- kind of happy and and having fun with Superman right. and Lois Lane. Um, so in the last issue, they were going to uh, Carnival Night or this carnival, but it was superhero night. And the kid at the front ticket gate was like, you can't come in here. It's got to be costumes. You got to be dressed up. And so they're obviously Clark and Bruce right. going with the ladies. And so, really? And then and then uh, Selena goes, well, we got our costumes in here, you know. That's funny. But then they kind of go, but that's a little too on point. Like, they would really then think. Oh, my God. Did they switch? This, so they switch. <laughs> yes. Okay. You no, know, actually, I did. Because I did talk, mention about them in the... Um, Switching the costumes. Mm. The S stands for hope, and then the mm. bat stands for bat. So I do, yeah, I did briefly mention that. Um, but it was an awesome story, and just the listening to the girls be chatty, and then the boys kind of talking about you know who's better, and and Superman saying that he could throw a baseball that Batman can't hit, and then Batman's like rationalizing, like, I could do it, and then he's even talking. That's to, in my name. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking of that too. Like, okay, yep. Uh, to, but he uh, he made some logical sense when he was trying to explain it to Selena later. Of like, I mean, there's got to be an upper limit because if he throws it too fast, it would disintegrate. So there is some point where he can't. Mm. And if I can figure out that, hey, I still don't think a person could physically no. uh, do that. However, it's Batman, and if he prepares enough, and yeah. So by the end of it, they finally say they're going to do this, but then Superman goes, I want you to switch out of my outfit, though, because I don't want to make it look like Superman missed a <laughs> swing, which I thought was another funny pointed mark. So good, and even though I'm talking about last uh, last issue, um, Batman does indeed uh, hit the hit the ball, which was kind of like a holy shit, and that was nice. awesome. So, that was fun and loving. This one, uh, the title is The Origin of Bruce Wayne. And I'm thinking, okay. It's going to be sad. There's dead parents. Yep. yep. But it's not Bruce Wayne. It was another kid who, God, man, I really don't 
people need to just go read this and just not listen to what I'm saying. But holy shit, I think we just saw a new fucking villain be formed. Mm. Uh, this uh, kid who was rich, uh, they came home and found his parents dead. And, and Bruce went to kind of talk to the kids. So not as Batman, but as Bruce saying he's going to help him out. Kid's rich. He has a butler and everything. And he's kind of like saying how... I think he was sent there by Commissioner Gordon because... Well, no, because Commissioner wouldn't know it's Bruce. I think he just went off by himself knowing right. my parents, this happened to me, and I was right. Similar rich. circumstances. And then he's following... Uh, there's this guy, Zaz. I don't remember ever reading him, but... I oh, again. so Zaz is huge in Gotham, the TV show. He's like a hitman who... Has he got yeah. cuts on himself? Um, not yet, but you got to remember Gotham is... Oh, yeah, Peruvian. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't really... I've heard the name before, but not... So partly that was where they thought he thought it was going, and then... It seemed almost Riddler-ish, and then he stumbled on. He thought maybe it was the Two-Face because of twos. Then someone got sloppy, and then Batman's unraveling this case of who killed this kid's parents because he's really pissed off. Comes to find out then it was the butler. Oh, and the kid's name was Matthew, by the way, but he would have the butler call him Master Bruce. It was kind of like a joke as if because uh... he really liked Batman, or like Bruce, sorry. Keep mixing the two. They're one yeah. and the same. Yeah, but are they really? Somebody, yeah. But where it gets really intense is when Batman then realized it was the butler that did it, killed the parents mm-hmm. because of the sloppiness and like trying to figure out the riddles and all that. It's that they were trying to set it up for someone else. And then what ended up happening is he then finds out even then that it's not even the butler that truly it's did the it. Kid. The kid had it all set up because the kid... Wants to be Bruce Wayne. Wants to be Bruce Wayne. He doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, by the way, but he has an obsession with Bruce Wayne so much that he finds him at the grave, crossed off his parents' name and started putting Thomas and and, and Martha Wayne. This kid's fucking crazy. Cut into his cheeks, Thomas and Martha. And that's when... uh, But the kid, when getting sent to uh, prison, or Arkham probably, uh, was reminiscing to Batman of how his love for, so obviously he doesn't know that this is Bruce right. but saying you know what you know this happened to Bruce this happened to Bruce Bruce is this and that and he gives to the people because previously Bruce was saying he's there to help the city so now this kid wants to do the same and in order to do that he had to have that same pain that Bruce had of losing mm. his parents he's like I've never felt anything like it and then then uh, Batman is just saying, no, this is just, don't stop. And then the kid goes, I mean, what else is Bruce Wayne besides a rich person with dead parents? Oh, no. <laughs> and then it just ends. And then it's just like, holy fuck. Wow. That is so true. Yeah. Like, little do they know they have Batman, but that's the only other thing that keeps him right from not being sane like this kid. Right. Well, to be fair... He would have went insane because his parents died. This kid went insane and then killed his parents. Yes, sure. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a chicken and an egg thing here. <laughs> yeah, but it, and I'm like, I do hope to see this kid again because I'm like, with how he, yeah, because I was trying to figure out, okay, who killed the parents? You know, how is this going? And and for some reason, I had this inkling suspicion when he's interviewing mm. the kid, just because, or because I'm like, okay, that's what the title of this comic is. Um... And yeah, I just, it's... it's weird. That's I, a good, like, I know I would have never thought of doing that, you know. Well, he also didn't have rich parents, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, just with the story, with the Batman story, like, taking it in that direction. Because it's not a Batman story, it's a Bruce Wayne story. 
mm-hmm. and he's not. And I think it's overall all Batman fans have decided that Batman is Batman, and Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yep. And that's just how it is. So exploring the Bruce Wayne character and his effects on people is not something they do very often. Well, and something, I mean, well, I mean, recently they've been doing it. Uh, Tom King's been killing it. But I love seeing, okay, it's a weird uh, balance. I love seeing the action, but I love seeing his detective mind work Mm -hmm. with the riddles and stuff within this. Like having him think of this and then go, wait, but this doesn't make sense in this so it has to be this. I'm like, holy shit, they put a lot of time in trying to yeah. to really throw one over Batman, which then throws over the reader. It's crazy, because I have a hard enough time figuring out my own life, let alone lives of fictional characters and where they're going throughout <laughs> a year. <laughs> it just blows my mind when, when writers can come up with this kind of stuff. Oh, um... So yeah, so the, really fucking good, and holy shit, um, art was amazing, paneling everything. I wanted to go back to thirty-seven for a sec. There was a part where, when uh, Lois Lane was asking uh, Selena, because actually two, they switched. So Lois was dressed up in the Catwoman suit, and then Selena was just in her uh, Lois Lane's dress. <laughs> They're like, "How are you gonna sneak in? Are you gonna be a super journalist or whatever?" <laughs> um. Which is funny how then she got in. But anyways, she uh, they were talking then. So how did it go or whatever? Well, he asked me one night, but then he told me there was a story that he had to tell me about Kite Man of all people. Kite Man? Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> so I was like, they're even referencing the long fucking six-page story arc or six issue. That's funny. Yeah. Or like, oh, just even that, it was nice. It was seeing him be like, no, like... She's like, he's just saying that because he really wants me to go have... No. Like, <laughs> that's just him showing his affection. <laughs> it's. I don't think I've ever seen... Enjoyed Bruce Wayne as much as I have now within yeah. this. Because it's really shown more of Bruce. Bruce instead of just Batman. Yeah. Maybe they'll finally get past the point where Batman's the... Maybe Bruce will finally be the person again. And Batman will be the mask. Mm-hmm. And then he'll seem less creepy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and crazy. <laughs> oh, well, I'll let you take over next. Um, so I read a bunch of books this week. Uh, most of them were like twos or threes in a series. Um, none of them were like out of this world. So I'm going to review Phoenix Resurrection because... You're kidding me. <laughs> And I promise not to do it every week. I'm not going to make that promise, yeah, actually. Yeah, I um, I just kind of want to, f- like, f- you know, <clears throat> it's just really interesting the way they're going. And um, you don't, What the fuck is going on? You don't, you don't really learn anything more in this from the last one. But I did, actually, thinking about the first issue, because we talked about Jean being in the diner and Banshee being there and then Scott showing up later. And the girl, or the woman who owns the diner... Um, I can't remember her name right now, uh, but she she's Jean's friend that died, and that triggered Jean's mutation. Okay. So it definitely is like these are all dead people. The only thing that throws me off with this and makes and it totally makes you realize that this is not happening in a reality that's the same as everybody else's is Magneto shows up in this in issue two, and he's in the diner. 
talking to Jean. And then he's not in the diner, and he's fighting the X-Men. Yeah. But there's this very key point where he's in the middle of a fight with the X-Men, and he orders himself a drink. So his mind is, like, split between these two places. And I don't know if that's... Well, I felt that when he was gone, that was in... He came back then. Mm-hmm. He ordered the breakfast, and then was... His, he was gone. fighting them. Yep. And then came back, and then ordered the drink, yeah. and then was gone. Like, because here's a... Yeah, there's a which, lot of just theories. Which just goes to... For me, it goes to show you that it is a mental... It is a mindscape. Because if his body is still there, fighting the X-Men... To the point where they can hear what he's saying to Jean, mm-hmm. then it obviously isn't a reality. It's probably yes. the white hot room. Very much like well, you said last time. And well, also the part of why I think is because I was kind of upset. I was like, I don't want to see Magneto being super bad guy Magneto. He can be a dick, right. still fight for for the mutants, but he was always a like an asshole yeah. person. Where I feel like he could be a little bit. He can have his be kind of bad, like, I'm always going to protect mutants, so mm-hmm. I'm going to kill humans type. But, I don't know, it just it, it felt so forced sometimes of, like, I no, you're actually doing something kind of righteous. Yeah. Like, so be a little bit less of a total asshole. Like, don't kill these people if they're not doing stuff to you type, right. you know, thing. So when he came and he was just being an asshole and in his old suit, I'm like, this is the last time I think Gene saw him. Yeah. So this is a personification mm-hmm. of who he used to be. Because right. he's also not dead. No. So. No. Switch. A, well, I, and I like that they, they finally told everyone, okay, the, the readings is the Phoenix. Like, I love that it's always, it was always, it's always Logan, right? So even though it's old man Logan, like he still remembers that version of Logan experienced the Phoenix. And he's probably one of the only people left who still experienced the Phoenix saga, right? Well, I mean, there's people there that have, I mean, Not, they just weren't yeah. full on mutant or right. X-Men. Well, and it also, or they weren't so involved in it, right? Because yeah. Scott's gone. I mean, I guess Iceman's Beast. there, but I don't even think Iceman was in with them when they did the Phoenix saga. I can't remember. Um, it's yeah, been, well, Beast was there, yeah. though. But still, uh, I like that they also... So some of our theories that we had before, yeah. So Wolverine when he showed up was, yeah, well, like old pictured in her mind mm-hmm. Wolverine, yep. and so that wasn't the time displaced, you know. right? Well, and they and they verified that you know the places they went weren't coincidences, and who they fought weren't coincidences, and Logan's just like it's the Phoenix guys. I mean, <laughs> but I still I want to know then what the fuck yeah. is going on because is she going to have a host body? How was she being resurrected? I mean, right. we know that's the end game of this comic is Jean Grey coming right. back. And, yeah, I mean, they they finally confront the issue of all the psychics missing or being injured, which a couple of them were injured in the, this book. A lot of them in the Jean Grey book. I love that, too. Our cable's yeah. like, yeah, you got me. Yeah. Like, Everyone right. forgets that he's kind of, you know. Yeah. I mean, it may not be his power, but he is a descendant of. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it fucks him up, too. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone's scared, as they should be. I think they all remember the last time the Phoenix Force showed up. It was not pretty. Well, the last time, though, was technically when we had Superhero 6 slash yeah. 5, when they all got part of the Phoenix Force, yeah. and, well, yeah, see what good yeah. that did. Yeah, they, they all went evil. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, you know, without Gene being around, they're probably shitting their pants because, well, and they guess they don't, they don't really, spoilers, young Gene's dead. So, but nobody knows it yet except for the people who were there. So they probably assume that this Phoenix is coming for young Jean Grey, but she did. Sorry, she's dead. That's what genes do. They die. <laughs> so no surprise there. Not really a spoiler. There can only be one gene at a time, I guess. Unlike everybody else who can have two iterations of themselves. Gene <laughs> can only have one. There's probably an explanation for that, actually. Um, Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> there can be one psychic at a time. Well, one gene gray psychic at a time. I really want to know, though, what's happening then at the end of this with the phoenix outside the... Oh, when everything's burning? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not ominous at all. No, not at all. Not at all. So, it's... Yeah. It'll be interesting. I want to know how Magneto's there and not dead. Uh, since everybody else that's showing up there has died. I want to know, is he dying? Is that why? Maybe? I don't know what's going on with Magneto right now because I'm not caught up in any of the other X books. Well, that's and that's my problem a bit too right now is some of the other X books. I know um, in uh, Astonishing X Men, as we talked about before, Professor X is back. Right. So there is a psychic, but where is he at in these events though? Right. It's those sort of things where it's like it's a small thing, and yes, I can believe there's other comics that are doing things that don't have to be involved with everything. But as we're talking about. Gene coming back, yeah, they're fighting their own battles, but I think Phoenix Force is, like, high alert, everyone on Earth. Well, yeah, and it was in the sky. Everybody saw it. Everybody mm -hmm. saw the Phoenix in the sky. There's not, that's not something you can hide. And if Professor Xavier is back, like, he should be shitting his pants right now. Well, actually, <laughs> well, they're, well, they're shitting their pants, too, because in the last issue, number seven this week, uh, Proteus is back. Who he's been dead. He's uh, Moira McTaggart's uh, yeah. son who can shape super, reality. Yeah, and, super powerful. Yeah, like one of the yeah. biggest A-list uh, bad guys, and he just hungers for power. So uh, he came back, mm. um, which is a big deal. So I guess in the scheme of things, you have one thing that's going to destroy the world, the other side. So okay, you know, I take I mean, back what I said. I mean, it is the X-Men. There's always something that's yeah. going to destroy the world, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> They're always on the brink of destruction. That's Everything. <laughs> so, I mean, so far with this, I'm I'm underwhelmed, which I hope is on purpose because maybe they're building it. You know, they don't want it to be full steam the whole time, so they want to end, they want to crescendo up and just end on a high note, which I'm cool with. But I'm also like, this is going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> Bring her back now. That's what I want, but that's not how you tell a good story. Either. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you how you tell a good story, and that is with nostalgia mm. and then death mm. and holy fuck. And I, I literally almost shed a tear. Like, I didn't really, but mm -hmm. um, there's a big death in Transformers versus Visionaries, number one. Okay. Uh, Visionaries is one of them. That's one of them Hasbro yes. things, right? Um, this is written by uh, Magdalene Visagio, um, art by Fico Osio, which uh, I'm going to say right now, like the with the Transformers books, there's a couple different art styles that they've been doing throughout. Some have been the old school Marvel like looking type. Um, 
there's been some where it's a little bit cartoony. I don't really enjoy those. Um, there's a lot of them, though, that are just really badass looking, um, which this definitely is. Um, you have, you know, the Transformers that just look uh, huge and regal, and then you also have the Visionaries who are new to this IDW mm -hmm. franchise world. Um, this is, it's hard to say, again, as when I was trying to review one of the Transformers books, or I did booze in a book because I didn't really want to fully review it. Right, because it was not a jumping on point. No, it wasn't. Right. And it was actually any point, and I found out a little bit more of that with reading this one. So, what the Hasbro universe has done is slowly introduced the stories, starting off from Transformers. They're, they're the baseline of this universe because they were the first in the line of all these right. books. With that, then there's always the G.I. Joe crossovers. And what happened was a year ago was this thing called Revolution, where they then out of, um, and it was really organic too, they made out of uh, the Microverse where they were, Transformers have always had this, uh, not theory, but w displacement where their body parts somehow can miraculously go to a different world. So when a giant truck can turn into, or mag, uh, Megatron can turn into a small gun. Right. Where does body go? It was just scientifically, uh, they all had some sort of small temporal Oh, warping they had thing. like a bag of holding they put their stuff in. <laughs> Pretty much so. That exactly is the simplest of way to say it. And with that, they introduced the Micronauts as living in this universe because it was an old school uh, Hasbro toy and, and cartoon. And with that, they had one of the original Primes be in there. And I kind of said this last year when I was reviewing it to where it kind of pulled in the Micronus, who is the, the Prime created this pocket universe mm. and so then other beings and life came to be and so these then beings came out into the real world and i think the got shut off they got shut off from the microverse so they're here then there's rom in the space knights who they fight giant demon creatures and that was a separate story uh thing too which also by the way was a marvel title which is why they can't say space knights right and why they always just mention him as the great... Yes. Or they can't say Rom. They can say yes. the old Space Knights. I think we... So if listeners go back and look for this one where Tony reviewed it, he goes very much in depth into this yes. subject. <laughs> and Rom was a little bit easier. You say that he's in some other sector of the galaxy mm. and then comes to Earth. And then the... So he's now in this area. So you have them. And then I think the most uh, organic of all of them was Mask, where they pretty much took a Transformer, dissected him to get some parts to then make their cars and stuff kind of half transform, mm. and then gave them the special masks that gave them kind of abilities. And these people were an offshoot of like the G.I. Joe program kind of, so right. government sponsored. And so those all fit quite well. My biggest thing was, and I think that's all of them, if I can think of, yeah. Uh, is where do visionaries come in? Because that show... Knights of the Magical Light. <laughs> they were all about destroying technology. It was very medieval, wasn't it? Well, yeah. They they were on a world where technology was like yeah. non-existent, but they had the magic power. Like those silly holograms. Merklin, <laughs> that, yeah, that, ga that gave them then the powers. Um, so, revolutionaries brought all those people in. What I didn't realize, because I only read the tie-ins for the books, is... There was then a book called Revolutionaries, which followed 
the new oh Action Man, which was another comic book that also got pulled into the fold. Action Man. But it's a new Action Man, so the old Action Man then had his brainwaves transposed onto a Transformer, so now he's Cybertronian with the human mind. Huh. So, yeah, so that's the last one of the books. So there's the following, the stories of Cup, who's a Transformer. He's like the old grizzled veteran, the new Action Man, and a couple other, like a, uh, I think Scarlet from G.I. Joe was in it. I didn't really read Revolutionaries, but it was kind of unlocking the next event, which was First Strike. Okay. First Strike just came out uh, this past August, and it just concluded with a force, uh, also drastic changes in some of the other books, too. I mean, within the Transformers line, we've seen Starscream... The, the war is done with the Decepticons versus Autobots, even though it's still kind of there in the background. Mm-hmm. Great change. Like, we, I don't need to see a four million year war right. keep going on. Yeah. I'm glad they finally came to a conclusion. Megatron's a good guy. He's on the Lost Light, but that's a whole other story of where that book has gone. And But it's, it's refreshing to see. So, even with the G.I. Joe side, um, some original G.I. Joes are not around. They have you know, replaced with new generic person can do this and that. Mm. Um, but Scarlet is pretty much the, the leader of, of the G.I. Joes now. Good. And it also, it all... Okay, I'm just trying to say the world, but I haven't even talked about this book yet. <laughs> so, first strike scene where they were finally having uh, Earth come into the Council of Worlds uh, that... Optimus Prime kind of annexed and said, you're going to be part of our Transformers world, which mm. there's 13 Transformer-ish kind of worlds out in the universe. Okay. So having them be represented at this council so that they're all part of it, which was really kind of, I mean, that's part of what Revolution was. It's kind of bring them in the fold. You're now one of us. So this was going to be the first delegate coming there. And then there was an explosion and shit happened. But I didn't read First Strike to know what all happened. Okay. I had to do my research after reading this book. Right. What happened in First Strike was uh, a person who wasn't uh, who they said they were was really one of the visionaries, and they wanted that he went to the heart of uh, Transformers world or underneath Cybertron at least and recreated their world and pretty much. Transported and almost went through with the whole. So they created a non-technological world inside a world that is just one hundred percent technology. And 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 they got a force field around it because they're like trying to keep in stasis because what was going to happen is this world was going to encapsulate Cybertron and pretty much destroy it. Okay. And so I'm like, holy shit, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, no one's really attacked, you know, inside of Cybertron before. So now you have this these beings. How do they make a stasis field without technology? Magic? Yes. <laughs> I don't think it's their stasis field. I think it's Cybertron's. Ah, just like keeping it there. Okay. But um, that's kind of where this book then picks up, which I'm like, damn, there was a lot of shit that if someone's going to just pick this up, may not know. Right. I do feel, though, that... Oh, so with all the books last year, they after Revolution happened, they started over and they renumbered and they renamed them. Same thing's going to happen this year with all the books. So there's a lot of definite endings in some of these books uh, in December to where one of the Transformers stories ended on a great note, uh, Till All Are One. Um, G.I. Joe's getting retitled and Mask is being canceled but being brought into the fold of the G.I. Joe comic books. 
And so with those kind of shakeups, I think we're going to see number ones come out now and not continue with their titled numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, but at the same point, I do think this is a good point where people can kind of jump on. This book in particular, you're going to kind of have a hard time, but they explained it enough to where even I, who wanted to do some more research and look up, was able to do so. God, and it's it's hard to say. I don't want to finish this review because I don't want to say that he's dead, but within here, Cup, magic can, their magic of the visionaries, they found, can destroy Cybertronians. Whoa! That's impressive. Like, pretty much, like, they even say, you know, they know that they if their arm gets ripped off, they can easily put another one right. on. So, so much so that in a battle, one of them touched something that was leaking out of the Citadel. Because when Merklin, uh, the visionary that was here and trying to bring his homeworld here, yeah. he was only able to bring X amount of people. So he brought, like, kind of the big names from the, the old TV show. And so you have kind of the Dark Lords, who are the bad guys, but you have the visionaries, the good guys. But they kind of, like, need a team up right now because they only have their kind of little city within... Cybertron but there's still the Dark Lords that are like fuck this place fuck them they're keeping us hostage in this place which is technically true mm. uh, Cup though trying to be the negotiator the good guy um, they they then did their first strike as well and um, yeah he died Aww. and it was like one of those things of like with saying in the past uh, year, certain people have died in other books. There's even been Transformers that have died, but a lot of them were just no-name Transformers here or there. A couple minor names, but Cup was was the one that really just embodied like the niceness of everything. Yeah, and, his name is Cup. Yeah. So I mean, that's like the cutest Transformer name you could ever possibly have. Well, did he transform into a cop? No, he transformed been... into a cool uh, kind of Cybertronian-looking car. Yeah, he was. If you ever remember the, um, did you watch? You watched the the movie Transformers, it's, the movie, the cartoon. It's been a very long time. I mean, but... he was a big one in that of trying to Universal Harmony um, mm. and everything. He's he, the Transformers he, hippie. He, well, he pretty much he would always yeah. tell the stories of back in like this skirmish or this part, but he would never finish it. it was just kind of the thing that they always. Had him in the comics, had him in the, the TV show. And he would, even through this, would always be like, the one time when we were on Percy I-8 and we were up against the the battle and, hey, kid, are you listening? You know, he, he'd have just a lot of dialogue like that, which made him a little bit... And when they brought him back with into the IDW world as well, uh, very interesting. What I love most at the end of this book, there was actually like two or three pages that explained kind of his brief story throughout the IDW mm. world up until his death and how he like was a key part to a lot of different things within the Transformers universe, obviously newer to everything else. I think that the visionaries now are going to fucking get wiped out. Like, yeah. This was not cool to do out of all the Transformers. Right. That was the one that you really shouldn't have done. I mean... I think only second would be Bumblebee, but Bumblebee's dead anyways, so... Yeah. Really, yeah. It, you couldn't have Aww. killed a, a better Transformer, so... <sighs> I didn't even really explain the book a lot. No, that's it's, fine, that's fine. People need to pick it up and read it, right? Yes, and I do think you can... I mean, Tony gave away the ending, but... 
so you know how it's going to end. That way you can brace yourself, I guess. My real question is, is when are they going to bring in Jewel, uh, Gem and uh, Pawn Puppies into the <laughs> IDW universe? I thought with uh, Gem, but I haven't, I stopped reading it. Um, I thought with Gem and the Dimension, the, their latest yeah. story arc that they're doing, I thought I read somewhere that it did have some Because that would of, be awesome. But I think that, that because they can't cross over everything... No, and I think that's where I think they did, like, a dimension hopping is what I recall on the mm. story arc. Not sure at all. I'm just making it up, but I thought I had read something about it. Because, yeah, Gem should really be in its world of its own. I mean, all these other books, they're yeah. they're about fighting and I bad know, guys. but how awesome would it be for, like, just cameos? Like, for the pound puppies to show up or, like, the cabbage patch dolls? Well, what are you going to do? Have the, have the misfits come up to, like, <laughs> <laughs> like the bad guys and Mr. be like... Cobra, like, we'll make your your CD track, like, soundtrack. Mr. Potato Head, My Little Pony, all those little ones in there. I can't, I can't see. My Little Pony Battle Horses. <laughs> I can just see them being like, well, what what do My Little, they don't do, like, Care Bear Stare. Do they no, do any? No, I don't. Like, they have magic, don't they? I, I, they I have really cutie, play They with. have cutie marks, I don't know. I mean, okay, yeah. seeing, like, some of the good guys be with yeah. Optimus Prime, like, go up to the, to the bad guys, like... Oh, yeah, Care Bear Stare. And then just get stepped on or something. Yeah. Like, I don't see them really. But then again, though, if we now find out that magic can right. kind of kill, There's... transform, that in of itself kind of, it lives up to what Visionaries was, which was trying to just get rid of technology, but also it does pose a real danger now that otherwise wouldn't have been. And are they going to really want to keep them as refugees Right. Here on Cybertron when... Oh, also the, the... Yeah, their little city thing is also leaking into Cybertron. It's mm. starting to head down to Vector Sigma, which is the heart of Cybertron. So, yeah. There's also That's some big happening. world shit going on, yeah. So, have you watched the Netflix show, The Toys That Made Us? Yes. Have you watched that at all? Okay. This is every... The whole time you were talking about this, I was like... I was pissed there's only four episodes. They're doing more... Good. Like, um, they have Lego, Transformers, Hello Kitty, and Star Trek episodes that they're going to be doing. I, even even that I don't care about Hello Kitty, I'd yeah. watch the shit out of it. I watched the shit out of that Barbie yeah. one. Oh my god, the Barbie one is crazy. We talked about it a little yeah. bit last week. Yeah, the Barbie one is crazy. <laughs> I, it, there's so much that yeah. I'm like, Did not, and it's so well done. Yeah. Toys, oh. man. It's crazy how much they've affected all of our lives. And still affect mine. And still affect yours. Extreme. I still think one of these days, I'm going to bring my camera over and take pictures of your toy wall. Not even the one in the studio. The downstairs one. The private. The private, <laughs> the private collection. The private collection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> collection Tony. You are going to have your own fucking toy museum at one point in time. I want to have enough money to open my own comic shop so I can just display the toys. Yeah. Your house would probably be very appreciative of that. Yeah. It's, uh, I would probably lose half the shit in my house and <laughs> put it at the comic shop, but that is a dream of mine. Anyone that wants to help me make that dream, I'll, I'll buy you the brick in front of the, there the store. There you go. There you go. Oh, um, So you were telling me about... Wolverine. And we're going to finally understand some things, maybe. Yes, if you feel like reading the last couple pages of about 100 comic books, 
Actually, I don't know if it's 100. They don't have the actual account. So post-credit scenes in movies, super popular in the Marvel Universe. So popular, they're taking it into the comic books because they're actually calling these post-credit scenes. When I first heard about this, I go, Wolverine post-credits account, I go, what the fuck is that? And I decided not to look up on it because yeah. I was like, that seems so stupid. Yeah. Technically, they're post-letter column scenes because the credits happen usually at the beginning of the comic book. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the middle, depending. Um, sometimes they're on the back page. <laughs> uh, but so well, Wolverine, as we learned in Marvel Legacy, is back and he has the mind gem? Time. Time, time gem. Uh, and then he kind of... No, he's at space. I thought it... Is it space? Space. Yeah, he's got space, yep. And then after that, nothing. Mm -hmm. He just hasn't been around. So um, starting with uh, the last Captain America comic, there's going to be a couple pages at the end of a bunch of different comics that are the story of where Wolverine has been and what he's been doing. Like this particular one was him going to the bar that Captain America was just at to try and find him. And then realizing that he... Like, it's the way you would start the beginning of a comic book, and it probably seems very boring because you're literally just getting that, like, one or two pages where you're like, wah-wah. Yeah. <laughs> and then nothing happens after that. But they're literally every... You know, you ha so you have to buy the comics that have these to get the full story um, of where Wolverine... And that's what everybody wants to know, where Wolverine has been and what he's been doing, especially with a fucking space gem. Uh, so, I mean, a clever ploy to sell more comics, Marvel? Probably. Is it going to work? Yes. <laughs> it, <laughs> it most definitely. And it's not the first time they've tried something like this either, because they did it with Deadpool, where they did the comic on the covers mm -hmm. of a bunch of different comic books, but you could cheat and go to the comic book store and just put the comics <laughs> in a row and read it while you're in the comic book store. So... Uh, less effective than putting them in the back of the books. Well, but. and they and they did also too for people that didn't want to buy it. They put that collection together. Yeah. So they'll do it for this. They've done it before with other. Yeah, but nerds are a notoriously patient people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> True. Like we tend not to want to wait for things. I think we're the ones who invented the spoiler. <laughs> so. Um, I think it probably will help their sales a little bit. for Probably for comics that most people wouldn't buy otherwise, too. Like, I'm not going to buy Captain America, but... I think he's been... Uh, not Captain America. Logan, I think... It's been five years, maybe? Since he died? Yeah. It was 2014. Okay, so I can do math, and that was not five. It was not five. <laughs> it has not been that... It feels like it's been that long, because he was in everything. And then he was in nothing... So that was a void, but then you also had Old Man Logan pop back up. Your homework for next week is to find out when some of these people died that are now coming back. Oh, in the in the gene book? Yes. That's yeah. your... Find That's out when they died. We don't know if some of them are back alive yet or not. Or no, when yeah, because they, they could just be figments of... Yeah. Yeah, I will. I'll put together a death list, <laughs> yeah. if that's what nice. you're asking. Yes. <laughs> death note. <laughs> Um, so, uh, with everything that coincides with, with movie launches, um, there is a new Domino book that's going to be coming out from Gail Simone. Yes. Um. I love Gail Simone. Yes, I love Domino, so this yeah. is a good pairing. I mean, I love Gail too, but, uh, 
But it's coming out this spring, which right. June is, I believe, when Deadpool 2 comes out. So, of course, I, I'm just, I, I want things not to be so fucking predictable. Um, not that it will be predictable, but I just hope that it's it's not everything that the movie's going to be kind of like, or tying into like a certain bad guy that right. is going to be in the movie. Which they can do now, because the... They're owned by the same company. Well, yeah, there was a... I mean, there's been talks, too, about different movies. Are they going forward still? Um, the X-Force movie is still in the works, even with the, the buyout. So that's a big plus and positive, because I really want to see yep. that film out of almost most all of them. Marvel would be... Fox did not do a lot, right, when it came to those movies, but mm. they really got their shit together with both Logan and Deadpool, and Marvel would be really, really, really Well, because really they dumb. did more hardcore, yeah. like, yeah, you can't have X-Force be, like, kitties and titty sprinkles and no. shit. I it's, mean, you can, but you also have to have other stuff. Yeah. Because that's kind of Deadpool, <laughs> right? <laughs> kitties and titty sprinkles? Yeah. <laughs> I think titty sprinkles are rated R. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that... <laughs> Um, so another uh, book that's going to be, uh, after the Venomverse is going to wrap up, which I'm actually sad that I haven't really been reading that because I learned more that there's these creatures out there called poisons, which now I'm like, all right, now you're kind of forcing the little venom poison, but that eat the symbiotes that like, hunt down the symbiotes and everything. Mm. But this is all Venomverse has been, uh, Venom going through different kind of multiverse and stuff, and they're going to make their debut in the actual 616 universe with also their leader, a, uh, their realities of Thanos. So I was just, I, I, I a venomized kind, Thanos? Well, poison, poisonized. Oh, poison. I mean, oh, so he's a venom eater. Yes. He's the leader of the venom eaters. Leader of the venom eaters. Yes. Yeah. But, Sounds like a B sci-fi movie from the 1950s. I think, yeah. <laughs> and I think that all of this would be amazing in an off year that wasn't going to be Thanos in the movies, being yeah. Thanos and everything else. Yeah. yeah. I don't want that. Um, what I do want, though, is Sabrina. The Teenage Witch? Yes. Uh, okay, actually, that sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> 19, at least. Um... <laughs> Yes, they now have uh, officially cast Sabrina in yes. the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, Kiernan uh, Shipka, who I didn't really ever watch Mad Men, so I don't really know how she is as an actress. But I would imagine she looks stunning. I would imagine that yeah, she yeah, she totally. I have no idea who she is either, but the, her pick, just looking at her, it was like, yes, she totally is Sabrina. And from my understanding, everyone that was on Mad Men was amazing. It was like the best show ever created or something. So I, I would imagine she's probably a, a decent enough for a CW spinoff show that's going to be on Netflix. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's been approved for 20 episodes, yeah. which, you know, most that's of them get, lot. yeah, most of them they get 13. So I'm assuming that's going to be two 10 part. Because this is on Netflix, right? But Netflix. then, though, but the CW shows, though, they go about 20 a season. I feel so, like they do. So I think, I don't... It might be less, though. I don't know. Everything is weird now because I don't actually ever watch anything on the actual channel it airs on. <laughs> I actually watched Riverdale on Netflix. <laughs> so I don't really know. Um, I hope that she debuts in Riverdale, though. Like, yeah. you know? Well, yeah. They gotta pop her in there first before they just... Like, I want there to be a crossover. They're in the same universe. They totally could. Yeah. I mean, it'd be simple. 
Speaking of watching, did you watch uh, X-Files this no. week? No. I have to be brutally honest with you. I've seen like 20 episodes of Get X-Files Get out. Get out. You're off. You're off this podcast. I know. I know. I'm terrible. Um, it's just not something we watched in my house growing up because my parents were incredibly like normal <laughs> parents and they didn't, they weren't, my my dad probably would have watched it with me because he's a huge nerd, but my mother and my stepfather were not into that kind of stuff, so we did not watch that in my house. So then when the new X-Files came out la- two years ago? Is that uh, what No, it came out last year. When, Was it yeah. last year? Josh tried to power me through like the original X-Files, and apparently there's this list online that you can look up that... L- tells you all the episodes that are important to the oh, story cool. yeah, and, and the lets you, yeah, lets you skip all the non-imperative things and we just couldn't make it through it before it started so he ended up watching it without me and now I'm just <laughs> even more behind than I... <laughs> you had all last year to I know, I know. Well, uh, the unfortunately uh, viewership is down compared to what it was last year. Now, granted, last year was a huge boost because it had been 14 years yeah. and it was off. Yeah. But uh, like I, I thought they did a pretty good job last year, or for the tenth season. I I'm hoping they're they're already in this first episode was a major like what the fuck moment that really, mm. like you're fucking with the formula man. You kind of had it good. You reinvigorated it, and it was still decent. I don't know if they're doing that so then more people will tune into the next week's episode, being like what the fuck. But right. I don't know. I. I maybe, just, maybe, I, I want them to wrap it up, because they never truly did, which was part of why everyone was happy about last season. We thought we were going to get that closure, and then we're like, wait, they totally left that open. Yeah. Are they doing another season? And then they confirmed, yeah, we're going to do a season 11. Already Jillian Anderson said that she was not coming back now for another. Right. So they, her saying that, I, I almost feel like they're going to leave it open to do another season, but I don't think you truly can, in which case... Her leaving would mean that they haven't wrapped it up if they're going to do another season, which means it's going to be, once again, carterized. And right. I don't know if that's the true term, but where you kind of just leave a... Cauterized? Like well, when you Chris cauterize? Carter. Oh, carterized. Yeah, carterized. Chris Carter. Oh. The guy who makes sex yeah. files. Yeah. I got it. It just took me a couple minutes. <laughs> I just um, made that up, so... I saw the... <laughs> That's why it took me a couple yeah. minutes then. Um, I did see the preview for X-Files uh, and David Duchovny in his Sasquatch outfit. And he picks up the phone and Jillian Anderson asks him what he's doing. He, he goes, uh, just squatching. <laughs> so, you know, there might be a couple fun episodes in there. <laughs> So, th- something that is, I think, going to be fun, and I've never really been a GLA reader at all, but and, the way that this is worded, so there's a GLA Doom Patrol special number one coming out at the end of this month. Are you saying GLA? G- JLA? JLA? Did I say GLA? I think you said, and I was like, I think he means JLA, but now, and then you said it again, and I'm like, no, he definitely said GLA, and I was like, oh, Grand oh. Larceny... Something I don't know what he's talking about now. JLA. I can't, I can't say words <laughs> slash letters well. <laughs> I never learned how to read my letters. <laughs> Anyways, it is part one of Milk Wars. Welcome to the unevent of the year. Oh, that sounds amazing, and I want to read it. <laughs> yeah. Um. They. The, 
it's I think it's like an Elseworlds like book because of the way that it's talking about where um, the last uh, son of of Krypton lands in some like dairy farmer's backyard. He has a love for for da- all things dairy and becomes Milkman Man. What? Yeah. I'm like, this is very, I don't know what, but I want to read I it. I want to read it now. Milkman. Yeah. Not Milkman. Milkman Man. Man. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to read this. <laughs> so, yeah, Good for so, them. Yeah. Good for them. I just, I. Oh, my God. There, you know? there needs to be more books like this yes. every now and then. Not all the time, because then it gets stale, but. Yeah. Every once in a while. Yeah. Just like Marvel, ridiculous. Marvel could totally benefit from throwing a what if at us every once in a while, and that would be cool. See, I, I like, I just, I don't, I, I'm really curious as to what all this, and I'm sure there's probably more out there about this. It's I just, course. it's gonna be like chocolate versus regular. What about strawberry? <laughs> <laughs> Skim milk is a crime against humanity. Chocolate. I'm allergic to chocolate. It's like my Krypton or something. It turns out that Clark's, uh, the last son of Krypton, Clark, is lactose intolerant. <laughs> His actual only weakness is milk, even though he's Milkman Man. <clears throat> oh, uh, oh, there's uh, some other things about this, too. So, like, this is going through and retconning and a lot of things about, obviously, Superman's upbringing. Um, there's going to be Father Bruce and Wonder Wife. Wonder Wife? Yeah. Oh, no. This is going to take place in, like, the 50s, isn't it? It looks... Well, it's all about yeah. wholesomeness, yeah. so I think it's... Wonder Wife. Now I kind of hate this book, and now I don't want to read it. <laughs> no, I still actually want to read it. I think it'd be really interesting. I wonder what a Wonder Wife would be like. Always has the dinner on the table at five. Yeah. <laughs> No matter what happened during the day. <laughs> this just looks... Uh, well, here, I can show you what she looks like. Father. <laughs> That's at least the cover oh, of the book. Oh, man. Who's drawing this, does it say? Each one, these are for... So there's a bunch of different specials that this is... Uh, the GLA one. JLA one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You'll get there yeah. someday. <laughs> GIF, GIF, whatever. Um... <laughs> So these all coincide with different uh, comic books. So like uh, the, the one with uh, Father Bruce is uh, Mother Mother Panic uh, and Batman special okay. number one. Um, the Wonder Wife uh, is going to be Shade, the Changing Girl, and then Wonder Woman special. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I, interesting. Yeah, Milk Wars. Yeah, I Look. kind of enjoy that picture of Bruce bat of uh, like a. Batman, also a, a priest mm-hmm. with <laughs> that priest, like what the hell? <laughs> I'm gonna. So my homework for next week is gonna be find out more about this because yeah. this could be a very fun, interesting milkman man. <laughs> it reminds me of that. What was that on Ren and Ren and Simbi? Butter powder toast. Pa- man. Yes, powder toast. I almost said butter toast. Powder toast man makes more sense. <laughs> oh, um, that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. What um, about the Black Panther? Um. So really cool. yeah, there. So Black Panther's coming out soon. It's the first superhero movie that is child appropriate because, as your brother pointed out very nicely when I posted this article, wasn't Luke Cage predominantly 
an all-black cast, yes. Mm-hmm. That show is not appropriate for children. Yeah. So don't show your children that show unless you're okay with them seeing the stuff that happens in that show. Not appropriate. <laughs> Black Panther is geared towards an all-ages audience, like most of the Marvel movies are. Um, so in Ypsilanti, in our wonderful state of Michigan, um, there is a man who is, did a fundraiser so he could raise money to do a free viewing for a bunch of the kids in his area who would not be able to go to the movie and see it because they don't have the money to just go to the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this is important because I think it's important for all kids to have superheroes. And no, your superhero doesn't have to match your skin color for it to be your superhero. But it is a lot easier for you to identify with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? And white people have a ton of them. So, of course, we can say, well, it doesn't need to match your skin color. But, you know, I mean, we have a ton of people to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> So, I thought he raised his, his $3,000 in, like, two hours. As, it well, like, it's a noble car. Like, I just find that yeah. just amazing it's, in and of itself. So yeah. I never thought of... I know. ...that most cities could possibly do. I I am surprised that... I mean, good good job, Michigan. Ypsilanti, <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a... I know, I know. And, I mean, you know, the, the east side of the state, it gets a bad rap for being... A dangerous area so I think it's even more important for somebody on that side of the state to do something like this to give kids something to look up to and you know something safe to do for the night really so I thought it was kind of cute that is awesome um all right let's go to booze in a book yes <laughs> so um I read Rocco's modern life number two this week and I don't Apparently, I don't recall the show as well as I thought I did, because as I was reading this book, I'm like, this book is really fucking weird, and I don't remember the show being that weird, and you're like, oh no, the show was totally that weird. So, um, it's just been a really long time, I guess, since I've seen it. Uh, Because his modern life was nothing modern. (laughs) It's The things that happen in this book are insane. Like, Rocco lost his job, so he had to get a roommate, and this roommate is terrible <clears throat> so he's trying to get another job so he doesn't have to have a roommate anymore and he ends up getting a job in heck <laughs> which it's heck because you know it's a kid's property uh, but it was really cute because on the sign for heck it actually has like a piece of paper covering the ll and it's mm. with a oh, ck okay. so it's hell but it's that's funny heck um so i'm pairing this book with uh saga talk brewing company's uh, Neapolitan milk stout, which is delicious, and anytime it's on a menu somewhere, I always get it because it's it's just a really good stout. It's kind of sweet, but not too sweet. I don't think it tastes like a Neapolitan, but it's good. Um, but I'm pairing it with this because there's this really super weird scene in this book where Rocco, who's now like the personal assistant to the Dark Lord, um, is tasked with milking the dark lord's head like he's just got like a head full of udders (laughs) and Rocco has to milk them to relieve the dark lord's tension and I'm like 
Oh, I'm uncomfortable reading <laughs> this. And he gets really aggressive with it. And it's just like the whole thing is just completely fucked up. So it's up. not a kid's book. I'm like, I'm like I, I think if you're a kid and you don't have a perverted mind already, you probably would just think it's funny. But being an adult and not thinking about cows and thinking about other things instead, I'm like, this is fucked up. But anyway, that's why I'm pairing the two. Milk right. stout. Milking somebody's head, you know, they just go together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, with that note, uh, close it out with uh, wise words from Cup. Ba weep, grana weep, ninibong. It's a universal greeting. Oh. If you remember the Transformers movie. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Sorry. Stay thirsty for more booze fun with us. Yay! Happy 2018! Yay! Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Tony! Belated. It's not your birthday anymore. Leave it alone. My birthday month, birthday year, <laughs> birthday decade. 